Welcome to the Do Good Radio Hour with Bluegrass Community Foundation. Here at Bluegrass Community Foundation, we believe doing good inspires good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The intention behind the show is to encourage you by sharing the undeniable good happening within our community. Tune into the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. to hear about the good that is the heartbeat of our community and how you can get more involved. Next up is Tony Watkins, the CEO of Community Foundation of West Kentucky. As a fellow Community Foundation, BGCF is excited to learn more about how CFWK is improving the quality of life in West Kentucky. So hello, Tony, welcome and tell us about the Community Foundation. Well, the Community Foundation of West Kentucky is doing well. We're, our life is kind of hectic right now during the tornado relief efforts. You know, if, uh, if you look on the map of Kentucky, my region or the Community Foundation of West Kentucky kind of covers from Fulton up to Henderson. And if you know anything about the tornado that came through on December the 10th, that runs right through the middle of my region. And so from that Friday night on, our, our life has not been the same. Uh, luckily, my, my house, which I live in Marshall County, was not affected at all, but I got up the next morning with a very spotty internet service and phone service and uh, set up this website uh, for disaster relief. As, as, we, as I got up and drove around the next morning, I knew it was devastating. I didn't know to the extent of what the devastation was, but, you know, I live on the lake and I saw what Cambridge Shores looked like and uh, what it had done through going through the county and uh, we set up a website almost immediately uh, uh, as best we could. And when I came into the office, one of the little stories that, that I tell was the phone was ringing already, you know, when I came in the office on Monday morning. And uh, it was a gentleman, a 93-year-old gentleman from Rockford, Illinois. And he had already seen it on the news, as you know, as, as, uh, the news was coverage at 24-7 almost. And he said, uh, Mr. Watkins, I'm sending you two checks, you know, to help with the disaster relief. One of them is for $10,000 and the other one is for $100,000 and it's coming FedEx to use for that. And I thought, well, we better, we better put our seatbelts on because it's going to be a hectic ride. And for the next 45 days, that's all we've been doing is pretty much working on those type of things. But we're doing well and, and it's been amazing to watch the, the, uh, benevolence roll out, the philanthropy from all across the United States roll out, uh, the uh, generosity of individuals who will, who don't know who we are, don't know who these people are. It will watch, you know, people pull together and help each other. It's been, been remarkable. Yeah, let's just jump right into talking about the tornado relief efforts and things of that sort. Why is a community foundation important in your opinion, even in the times we were talking about, you were just referring to, you know, how a community foundation is often in really tough times, a cornerstone or an agent for bringing back life into a devastated community. So tell us about that. Well, you know, uh, we didn't volunteer for the job. And to be honest with you, we knew we were going to have to take a, a, a huge part in it. But when we started looking around, there were not other you know, nonprofit organizations that were stepping up and, uh, you know, just taking the lead, so to speak. And when we kind of sat down, just had a little bit of a skull session with the staff, we said, well, nobody else has got the 50,000 foot view that we do from Fulton to, you know, to Evansville, like I said. 
And we said, we're the only ones that can do that. We're the only ones that knows what the finger has our finger on the pulse in all these different communities. Uh, so we're just going to have to step up. And that's not a slam toward the other uh, other nonprofits. They, they live in their own little silos, you know, and they're taking care of what they do and they do that very well. Uh, and they're just not equipped to do larger scale things like community foundations are community foundations work with so many different entities and so many different personalities. We're usually very good at connecting the dots, as I say, you know, with things and different personalities. We're very flexible. Uh, we can move rapidly on different things and make things happen. Uh, and so e even though we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to become the Red Cross or, you know, or those are the United Way. We, we were the only ones that could do it, you know, be honest with you. And so we stepped up and, and we started working with these counties individually. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's gone very well. Just yesterday, we became uh, the point person for FEMA uh, here in Western Kentucky. Because, look, we just like you all do in, in Central Kentucky, we operate off of information. You know, we got to have information. We got to have data. We got to know, okay, what is... What, what, what does Fayette County need? What does is, what is Fulton County need? What does Marshall County need? We've got to have that information before we can put a plan together. It, you might be interested to know, even though it's been 45 days, they're only, the, the debris removal is only 25% complete. You know, and so uh, and they, they, I heard the other day, and we're having a press conference on Friday and on tomorrow, uh, that the, the debris that has been removed from like Marshall County alone, that's not Mayfield, that's Marshall County. That's not, not a whole city, big city been, you know, devastated that it's enough debris to fill a football field 15 stories high already. So and that's only 25% complete. So there's still a lot to do. Uh, we, we're, we've been working with organizations like uh, Living uh, Waters and Land, which is cleaning out the debris that's in the lakes. Uh, you know, there's been, I mean, the, the, the shoreline was literally littered with all the flotation devices off the docks and stuff that were destroyed just as far as the eye could see. And then the debris from the uh, uh, Cambridge Shores houses that were destroyed, that all ended up in the water, the boats and all that kind of stuff. Well, in a couple of months, the boating season, recreational season starts again. That all has to be cleaned out. And that's owned by TVA. That's not owned by Marshall County. That's owned by TVA. So there's an outfit that came in, this Living Lands and Water. They come in and they clean all that stuff out. Well, that's it's a very expensive ordeal. And they come in with barges and their backhoes and their dredges and all this kind of stuff. But then they put it on trucks and haul it off to the to the dumps. And the, the county covers that cost, but we've helped underwrite the cost of bringing that, those organizations in. And we just partnered the other day with the local foundation here to make sure they could stay so that job was complete, and that was, you know, a half a million dollar project right there. You know, uh, people don't think about that. They don't think about how much money it costs to underwrite these 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 projects like that, or feeding those people. Or organization was in yesterday called Mercy Chefs that feed all these, you know, these responders that come in. They set up in an old uh, uh, abandoned school system in their cafeteria, and they put out 
thousands of meals a day and truck them to all these different places. Well, it cost, you know, half $600,000 for those people to be here to feed. I mean, somebody's got to help underwrite those type of things. And community foundations fit that order, you know, and it's just because, like I said, we got the 55,000 foot view of everything that goes on. And we know how to take this piece and move this piece and call this nonprofit in, this nonprofit in, or this leader in, or this group in, uh, and, and it works. Uh, stressful, yes. <laughs> it's very stressful, you know, when you got 14, 18 hour days that run on and on and on, and you get this money coming in from everywhere, and people are very generous. But also, when you like a community foundation, you've got money that are, is given from these donor advised funds. They want to know how you're going to put it to use. Well, just like talking to FEMA yesterday, we don't know what the needs are yet. 45 days in, we're still uncovering needs. I will say that the, the what we're seeing is the greatest needs is going to, going to be, we already know that, uh, that regardless of what people's homeowners insurance is going to pay and what uh, FEMA is going to pay, the, the, there's going to be a gap. There's going to be a, a dollar amount that's going, to, that's going to be lacking to bring those people back to whole or 100% uh, because cost of a material has gone up, there's depreciation, there's co-insurance, there's deductibles. So we know there's going to be what we call a gap in there. And that's where really the rubber hits the road when we're working with these individuals. And we know in Marshall County alone, there was 400 houses that were totally destroyed. Now you multiply that times 25 counties that we represent, that's a lot of money. That's not counting roofs that are gone and everything else that are gone, cars, you know, people have their cars destroyed. Uh, they can't get to have, they have no transportation to get to work if they still have a place to work. Uh, all those type of things are coming into play. And so, uh, for example, we went down to Fulton this last Friday. The little town of Casey was destroyed, a small town of, you know, 2,500 or something like that. I'm not sure of the, the population, but it was destroyed. And, and uh, you know, we, we went down and talked to the county judge executive and told him we could help bring what we, we partner with the people who bring in these container homes. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is or not. It's the containers that you see that uh, on, on, like on the ships out in, out in the harbor and stuff. They empty those out, put sheet rocks in them, turn them into a home. They're fully furnished, flat screen TVs, you know, kitchens, bathrooms. Uh, washer and dryer hookups, air conditioning, heating, and we can put those into a place for temporary housing in the first six months is free. Uh, I mean, when we went into, uh, not the case, we went into Dawson Springs, there were still people sleeping on the ground underneath tarps. And, and in Dawson Springs, for example, they lost, their, 20 of their teachers lost their homes. And so we partnered with this group out of Fisher, Indiana, to bring these container homes in because it, they wanted to get the kids back into school and if they couldn't do it without those 20 teachers and the school system is the largest employer in town. You see this, this ripple effect is going that teachers are going to leave town. They lose your largest employer. So we, we said, look, we'll underwrite those, those container homes for these teachers to get the school open. And so anyway, when we went to Fulton, we, we met with the County judge executives down there. We said, what's your biggest need? He says, temporary housing. Okay. We can get that covered for you. Well, then how do I pay for it? Don't worry. You don't worry about the money. We've got, we've got the money. Here's the only thing I'm going to ask of you, Judge. 
Fulton County needs to have some skin in the game. I mean, you need to help us out. We're just not going to pay for everything. You've got to have, you got to show us you're as committed to this as we are. And before we could get home from Fulton, a local church had already coughed up well over a hundred thousand dollars to be a partner in that. And that's, that's what it takes. And when we see that, we know that there's buy-in in the community. You know, I mean, it's very easy for people just to sit back and let community foundations do everything. But we tell, I, I tell them right up front, you got, you know, we're, we're not looking here to be your sugar daddy. We're looking to be a partner with you in this. And, and, uh, and when we couch it that way and we, we're willing to put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into it. And, and so that they've always come through and those, those container homes, like I said, we can get those down here uh, and hook them up in about an hour once we get them on site and people can move, they're ready to move in or fully furnished. Six months is free uh, till we find, uh, start doing, you know, long-term building uh, uh, projects, which we've got groups like the Amish and the Mennonites that are coming in and building these two and three bedroom homes. And we've even, we even have a process for that and working with FEMA, we're getting all this data. And, and, and with those individuals, those types of groups, we buy the supplies, they build the house, okay? So we're kind of a clearing house for everything on those type of things. And FEMA has, they, they reached out to us and chose us, the community foundation, and then there's a, there's a process you can go through where they actually pay us, you know, so much over the next three to four years to be that resource for the community because FEMA will leave. I mean, they'll leave after a few months, but we we're here on we're boots on the ground, and that and so they'll will people the counties county judges will call us and we'll give them this information. So they pay us to take all that information and and then get the right people involved in the in the county. And then secondly, uh, the Red Cross reached out to us to do the very same thing with nonprofits and some of this money that. Coach Calipari raised in his telethon there, that those millions of dollars. Well, you can raise all the money in the world, but if you don't put it into action, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. And so, you know, our problem is that we don't have a large enough staff to do all the vetting of these nonprofits and stuff. And they said, well, we'll do that. We'll do the projects. We'll do the vetting. We just, we just need a fiscal agent to make, make sure that we get the money to those organizations in a very quick turnaround, and, and we were able to do that. So and that's a long, convoluted, you know, response to your answer. But, you know, but, but, but that's kind of what we've been doing the last 45 days. And, and we have some real great stories to tell. I got a call one afternoon from this lady who was a CPA that represented one of her clients and said, this gentleman, you know, was, he, his family was poor and he was, they were never, never able to buy him a bicycle. This is for before Christmas. And he, she said, I've been on the phone for over three hours to Walmart in Bentonville, Arkansas, and, and they can't help me. And she said, I tried to call the Walmart over in Mayfield and I couldn't get an answer. And I said, well, man, that, that store is not there any longer. It's gone. And she, I said, what do you need? She said, well, he wants to buy a thousand bicycles for the kids at Christmas. And I said, a thousand bicycles. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, just so happens that Chris Dawkins, who works with me, uh, her husband is a driver for Walmart. And I said, let me call them and see what we can do. And I said, because I know that Walmart has a program called Helping Hearts. And I said, 
if we can, and, and the distribution centers at, is at Hopkinsville, if we can make some connections here, we might be able to, you know, get this ball rolling. So I, I made the call and Chris talked to her husband and we got, we got the truckers and the warehouse all hooked up together. And, and we, we found the bicycles, but you needed to have them put together. Some of them weren't assembled yet. And I said, well, you know, my Lord, we'll have to activate the National Guard and put a thousand bicycles together for Christmas now, because this is like two days before Christmas or so. And but we we, we the, the associates at Walmart said we'll put the bikes together for you if you want to do this type of thing. And then we had to disperse them. How do you get a thousand bicycles out of your region? Well, we had another nonprofit that was here in Baduca uh, that had a bicycle ministry, and so we called them and they said, well, you get the bicycles to us. And we'll make sure they're dispersed to our various churches on sun, on Sunday at church. Wow. And so we got all that done within 24 hours. And so when we were sitting in Fulton the other day, we happened to mention that, that story. And they started laughing. We said, what are you laughing at? Well, we didn't know where those bicycles came from, but they called us and told us to come to the store and pick up 50-something bicycles, and we didn't know where it came from, and it came from you all. And I said, well, it didn't come from us. It came from a donor that was in North Carolina, actually. So that's how things happen. You've got to be able to respond to those quickly. Like I said, connect the dots. You don't care who gets the credit. You just want to, you know, you just want to do it because it's the right thing to do. And so when the word got back to that gentleman, he was just astonished. You know, we were ready to do it. And it cost you know, $150,000. Bikes aren't cheap you know, nowadays. When you buy a thousand bicycles, it costs you a lot of money. But he was, he was ecstatic to be able to do that for kids so they'd have something at Christmas. We were, you know, honored to be able to be a part of that. You know, they're in shell shock. You know, we're also providing counseling services. We provide that as part of our services, too, and we help underwrite all those costs to, uh, to, the, to the therapy that's going on for these families and individuals. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you you and your team at the Community Foundation have done. Like, no matter how big, it's whether it's building houses or small, buying a bicycle, whatever it is, you all are just meeting the needs in so many different ways. And that's why I love Community Foundations, you know, just working for one. I feel like a lot of times whenever I tell people, I don't know if this happens to you, but a lot of people don't necessarily understand what it is, but the, all the stories you just described are so perfect because it's the hub where all of these different spokes, you know, of a wheel kind of meet and it's the connector for a lot of different philanthropy or doing good that's our phrase here at bgcf is to do good and i all the stories you just told are such great examples of that so my next question would just be why should people care about what their community foundation is doing because if people knew all you know what a community foundation does they would just be blown away and want to be an active part of it because it's just doing so much all the time well, you know, I, I think a, a good example of that would be that one of the, I, had, I got a call from an investment firm up in New York City. And, and of course, they, like I said, we were bell of the ball there for a while because it was on Fox News. And every time you turn on the TV, they, you know, Mayfield was on there and you could see the destruction and the devastation of that city. And, you know, so, so that they knew what there was a tornado, that there was a disaster hit. So we were front and center, you know, there for a week of every time you turned on the news. There for a short period of time, it's on everybody's mind. But in, So they're looking for ways to, to help out. The, re, the reason you should help, when I talked to that investment firm, one of their first questions was being financial people. Well, how much are you going to charge to help that? And I said, we're not charging a penny. And they said, well, that's, that's kind of what we want to hear. And I said, those people are our friends and our neighbors. You know, I mean, that could very easily, they've helped us out in Paducah when we had floods, 
you know, they've sent goods over and they've sent money over. And I said, you know, th those are our friends and neighbors. We're, we're, we're not charging any fee. There's a time to make money, but it's not now. People should think about who's taking care of what you give. It's very easy to give money, uh, you know, a pallet full of toothbrushes or toilet paper or beans or whatever. So you want somebody who's going to be good stewards of what you have given, you know, for these disasters. And I think community foundations think about those type of things, you know, on a regular basis, what's, how it's taken care of, you know, another good example, when they called the national guard in, you know, the, to help with the, uh, controlling the traffic and the, and the debris removal and stuff and make sure that looters didn't show up and all those type of things. Uh, an organization here sent down a, tr a tractor trailer just full of washing machines and dryers. So the national guard have a place to wash their clothes. I would have never thought about that. But those guys got filthy, you know, and you can't, you know, they can't be expected to walk around in nasty uniforms, you know, for a week or two. And, and but they, they sent a tractor trailer down here with, you know, 25 or 30 washers and dryers so those guys could wash their clothes. Community foundations are clearing houses for stuff like that. And no other organization, you know, really has that many different uh, outlets that they can take a hold of. And they're, they're named appropriately, community foundation you know the foundation part is a kind of is a financial term but the community part really is we're the we're the communities you know vehicle to use for these type of things and so uh, I, I wish more people understood what we were doing before i was with the community foundation i was a consultant i traveled around the country working with nonprofits, religious organizations building you know buildings raising raising money for them and i was involved in a couple of other disasters like katrina and some of the others but i was involved in kind of an arm's length distance you know uh like a, a diocese or a church organization was did huge relief efforts for katrina uh, but i was at an arm's length distance now that i'm the ceo of an organization and i'm steering the ship there's a big difference on how you approach these type of things uh, you, you just you kind of have to think about all the I's and all the T's that need to be crossed, you know, and all the, you know, the ways that you want to help people and the compliance issues. And, you know, uh, you kind of kind of let your feelings get out, move to the side, you know, and your 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 partialities and those type of things. I mean, you're there just to be, you know, to, to love humankind. And that's really what philanthropy is all about anyway, is the, the love of humankind. When, I, when this all happened, it kind of it kind of brought me back to where my center is, why I do what I do, you know, because you can look around the state of our country a little bit and kind of get a little bit jaded. Seeing this kind of stuff happen, the goodness of people come out, it kind of says, well, that's why I do what I do. I hope everybody listening really listens to what you're saying in a bigger picture way, because what you're describing through all these stories is really the essence of what a community foundation is. I love what you said about there's so much bad, you know, sometimes in the world that we see, but when things like this happen, we see the good, like there is good and community foundations bring that good to life. And I love that. You've yeah. just been so great painting that picture. So for my last question, I think it's a perfect period of the sentence of what you've been talking about, but I didn't know if you had a word of advice for those listening who really want to get involved with the community foundation, whether it's BGCF or um, the Community Foundation of West Kentucky, whatever. People who just want to get involved after all these amazing stories. Well, these, anytime you have a disaster, I would say, and that's what I meant to say a while ago, even with Katrina, there, you know, there's still Katrina work going on down in New Orleans and down the South from that. And that was what, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, this is a long-term effort that we have. 
my advice is that, you know, we, we're, we're going to continue to raise money and be and work with these people as long as it takes. Uh, my, my word of caution would make sure that who you give your money to, of course, we'll gladly take it at the community foundation here and make sure it gets, you know, appropriated right. The other thing is be patient because these things not going to be able to turn around overnight. It's going to take a long time for this to get done, and you're going to, people are, are going to get tired of hearing about it, and they're going to, their, their patience is going to wear thin. And uh, you know, but people have also lost their homes, and there's also about 75 people who lost their life. You know, and they're never going to be with us again. So you know, it's got to be people who are already in your community that are really going to take you from point A to point B. So you might as well be our friends, you know, right now and let us help you guide you, you through this puzzle that you've got before you, you know, and we're, we're here for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. We'll definitely take your donations and put it to good use. And you, and you don't have to worry about it being appropriated the right way and, and those type of things. And people like you all at the Bluegrass and the Community Foundation of Louisville and, you know, put, putting us on the website of uh, the Council on Foundations and the Southeast Council on Foundations, they put a little blib on those. And that's that's where a lot of the support came from. You know, other community foundations heard about it and their donors sent money. We're very thankful for that. Yeah, just on that track, I want you to shout out where people can find out more about your community foundation, how they can give, how they can donate, if you have a website, yeah. anything like that, just so people yeah. can, can get it. You know, if you go to our website, it's a CF west w-e-s-t-k-y.org that's a community foundation of west kentucky.org uh, you can call us at 270-442-8622 uh, you can find us on a facebook page we have that too uh, uh or if you want to just send a donation in you can mail that to uh, the community foundation of west kentucky p.o box 7 in Paducah, 42002 I love it. And as you were talking, I feel like the great way to end this episode is just to say a place to live is a place to live, but a community foundation oftentimes is helps make it a community and connect right. everyone together in, in a great way. So thank you, Mr. Watkins, for sharing your thank story. You. It inspired me and I'm sure our listeners as well. So thank you so much. And I'll continue to keep up with what's going on over in Western Kentucky. All right, everyone, that is it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were encouraged by the stories of good happening right here in our community. I definitely know that I am. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. for more good stories and the next installment of the Do Good Radio Hour.